Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ginger Talks. I am Ginger Snaps. Joining us, as always, is the wonderful Druid Knowledge. Hello. Fantastic to be here for episode two. I can't believe we're... Making this a regular thing? It looks like it, doesn't it? I know. It's it's crazy. Doing something... Uh, This is... This is the kind of witty banter people are tuning in for. Oh, completely. Straight straight off the bat. I can't believe that we're on episode two already. I can't believe we've done this much already. Oh my god. (laughs) So in theory, you've listened to us for uh, about an hour and a half already. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you're ready for more. And and, uh, I really salute you for that as as a listener. Yes. And I already cherish you as, as family. We we love your faces or your ear holes or whatever whatever you want to consume this through. We appreciate you. Damn it. I don't lo- I don't love your ear holes because <laughs> full of hairs. It's really awkward down there. Cilia. That's what they're called ear, ear ear hairs known as cilia. I don't care for it. I mean to each their own. I will not comment on ear hair. It's not my not my strong suit. But getting off of this awkward ear hair conversation, our <laughs> guest this week is the wonderful Lila Rose. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Uh, yeah, absolute pleasure to have you uh, here today on the podcast. I'm honored to be here. I'm super excited. Um, Excellent. Yeah, and... Uh, I can't wait to hear, yeah, yeah, the pearls of wisdom that you, you're you going to let loose on the community today. Oh, oh yes. So wise. <laughs> wise. Wise beyond your years. Fair. All five of them. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know who Lila is, Lila is my merch designer. She is also a moderator for me. And she's just a phenomenal artist and a great friend. And I will let her talk more about what she does and who she is. Yeah, I'm an artist. I, um... That's really about it. I just kind of draw or paint whatever inspiration strikes and, uh... Try and help out my friends as much as possible with, like, merge and moderating and all those things. It's... Not hard work, but it's good work. Yeah, I think, you know, just going straight into it, I mean, uh, what people that follow the stream will notice straight away is the fact that, you know, you know, saying you saying that you help out your friends, I think between the two of you, anyone that goes onto the stream will know that there's a close working relationship here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess my first question... And I think just to kick off the podcast, it'd be really good to just get to know how you guys kind of found each other, how that relationship grew and where it is today and maybe where it's going in the future. It would be best if I let Ginger uh, explain how I met her. Okay. Um, Because that's that's a super exciting thing that happened. So I've been... At time of recording this podcast, I will be 
three weeks shy of streaming on Twitch for a full year. And I decided when I started streaming that I wanted to give back in whatever way that I could. And so I decided I wanted to do a charity drive in the month of December. And so I decided to do my charity drive uh, for a youth mental health charity. And I was streaming. I'll never forget the date. It was December 20th. And I was streaming, trying to raise money. And my computer was slowly dying out. So I was watching videos on YouTube with my chat and doing like try not to laughs or reactions and things like that. And I turned and I look and my chat exploded. And I had no idea what was going on. And then I look at my donation bar after a minute and I see that um, a really big streamer and YouTuber dropped $1,000 to the charity link and flooded my chat with his supporters. And the big Eve, Ethan, Nestor, Crank Gameplays, um, watched my stream for about five minutes and hung out and his chat just like bombarded me with love and appreciation. And I had mentioned that somebody asked if I had merch and I said, no, I don't have merch. I don't feel confident in designing my own merch. And the next day, I want to say, I got a DM from someone saying, I'd be happy to try to design some merch for you. And if you like it, cool. If not, it's, it's no big deal. And I started talking. And now the wonderful Lila has designed all of my merch. She's now a moderator in my chat. She's a friend. She is stream baby. And um, that relationship just kind of s developed very easily and very quickly, I feel like. Yeah, we were pretty good friends by, like, January, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. We were already getting pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that relationship definitely shines through, you know, any time that you guys kind of share the same space. So I suppose there's a, uh, a kind of, you know, just building on that. So what, what uh, Lila got you kind of hooked into Ginger's channel? Was it part of that uh, that kind of bigger stream getting involved? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, that night I had decided, at the time I, did, I wasn't making as much money, and I decided I would give... Uh, what I could to one of the streamers he decided to raid that night or not raid um, I don't know the right word for it but whoever like out of the people he gave money to that night I would be able to support one of their causes and I really identified with this uh, charity that Ginger was giving to and after that I just kept hanging out and I didn't really expect to but we just mm. kept hanging out and kept like playing games together and all that and it was just such a good time still is a good time obviously <laughs> she hasn't left Absolutely. me yet I mean, like, yeah, well exactly right. yeah 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 i mean that's you know been going on for a good solid like half a year at least mm -hmm. or more it's at this been point like nine months yeah almost yeah i mean even in in like kind of you know my short time uh, you know, obviously, Lila, I've been to your kind of 
video game streams. Uh, Ginger has spent a lot of time in your streams. Um, and, you know, I think from both of you, there's that approachability. And then when you come together, it's just an award-winning formula for me. I'm really, you know, I love the way you guys work. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's nice. It, it makes it very easy to have that kind of rapport with someone when you can just be authentically you. You don't have to, you know, hide something about yourself or you don't have to, you know, tiptoe around something when you can just be like, hey, this is this is me and my crazy shenanigans that I'm doing and this is <laughs> this is what's happening. And I feel like Yeah, and then I can hit right back with this is my shenanigans happening and you're just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean I think we text if we don't get on and play games together or stream and be in each other's streams, we text almost daily. Just about, yeah. Yeah, so it's you know, it's not just a like a stream thing, it's not just
best friends who were supporting me, not only were they, like, freaking out to me in, like, DMs and, like, texts and phone calls, but they were thanking Ethan, but they were also thanking everybody who came to chat that night. And, Mm -hmm. like... It got lost in the sea of chat, but I went back and I rewatched it and watched my chat and just seeing it all. It was the outpouring of love from my community to strangers and those strangers just pouring it back. Community is the most important thing, I feel like, for a lot of creators. If your community is tiny. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Tiny well, community, yeah, giant espe- community. Especially, especially on this format, though. Like more than anything else, you know, because really it it's a marathon, not a spr- uh, like a sprint streaming, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, you're not doing an hour stand-up special. It's really a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or whatever whatever the word for dialogue is, where <laughs> there's about six million people well. uh, talking at the same time. Uh, uh, what a bounty for you, Ginger. I mean, like, obviously that day was uh, very important for you in terms of... I mean, we spoke about it last time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really seems like a watershed moment. And, uh, there's something cool about the fact that arguably the most kind of poignant relationship that you've kind of formed across streaming came from that day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I suppose it leads on to my next question for Lila, which is kind of like, you know, so we, you know, obviously we haven't talked about art and like your kind of primary interests and stuff like that, which we will obviously get into as this thing goes on. But um, I'm interested in knowing, like, you know, where did you got kind of got the bug for streaming and kind of got into that, uh, into that outlet and and things like that, like how. What's the story of Delilah Rose on Twitch? So, funnily enough, it's, I had always really wanted to, and I never wanted to really commit myself to it because it's a big time investment, and I didn't know if people would actually come and watch and hang out, and Ginger convinced me that it's, it's something that I should do because I can give back the way she has. Yeah. And that's what I want more than anything is to be able to do those huge charity streams and raise money for these incredible different causes. And like my friends, it's, it's just such a great way to create a community and have friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think both streams kind of prove that point. Uh, you know, there's such a network here, and you know we've got such a rich vein to tap into for like guests and stuff because there's so many characters out there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's such a it's such a rich well uh, to go to go through. I, I guess on 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 a sillier note, so like obviously, it's kind of you know we you know you you both base your kind of streams on games and and playing games. Um, how do you choose? Are you worried that you're going to be bad at them? <laughs> so, for me, I've been lately sticking to a bunch of Call of Duty zombies because I've just very quickly become obsessed after being 
legitimately terrified of the zombies game mode, like would give me nightmares. And now I'm just obsessed and I can't stop. Like we're playing again later tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Lest we forget <clears throat> the, the time the three of us uh, had a go on Call of Duty Zombies. Um, it was will, great. Oh, that was wonderful. We probably won't forget it in a hurry. Yeah, oh, I loved it. It was so much fun. Absolutely ridiculous. I um, I felt like such a, a duck out of water. Is that a saying? Duck out of water? Yes, that is a saying. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> fuck, fuck that. <laughs> I was about to I was about to step my foot in the podcast turd. Oh god, not the podcast turd. Conan <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> but outside of that, I've been playing a like a power wash simulator, which is just very relaxing and calming. Yes. Um and here soon I'm gonna start like actually just trying games for the first time on stream and just like mm-hmm. going for it and not even like I don't know the like there's so many different games and indie games and like they're all just so different and it's just gonna be so much fun. Yeah, that's really cool that you would uh, spotlight because I think there's so many games that are like ubiquitous with Twitch. And then mm. to highlight the, I mean, there's a big indie game circuit. Let's not, uh, you know, split hairs. But <sighs> thank God you're not doing Fortnite. <laughs> oh no, God no. Fortnite I, and I Apex. Taught, yeah, I I taught at um, I don't know what you guys would call it, like junior high. Okay. Yeah, middle school. Like, like ten year olds. Yeah, sounds like middle school. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'll never forget, like, you know, this is a few years ago, but I'll never forget, like, the suppressed amounts of rage I'd feel when I'd see people doing Fortnite dances in the playground. Oh, yeah. Like, like, at recess. <laughs> For the TikTok dances. Oh, just my God. Chinese children that have just ingrained those into their memory forever. Like, it's never going to go away. No. That's the thing, and and you know maybe I'm being a gatekeeper here because like maybe I'm standing there and going, "Oh, you think you know the internet, do you?" <laughs> well, <laughs> oh well, I, I was on MySpace, right? Um, MySpace Tom, yeah, and I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Ooh. You don't even know what Craigslist is, man. I don't think Lila really knows MySpace. No, no. no. So, yeah. So th- this is this is what we'll <laughs> learn over this is where the point of reference stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ginger, Ginger and I become complete boomers. Yeah. Oh no, it's not that bad. Um, I was just barely outside of that um that world. I wanted mm. more than anything, like seeing my sister's MySpace page. That like, I was obsessed. I wanted that. And whenever I was about that age, where my mom was just like, "Fine," it was Facebook. Which is mm. just toxic, right? Absolutely. And, and do you know what MySpace had that Facebook didn't have? Was the whole music connection? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because because MySpace was a place where if you liked emo music, you could congregate. Yes. Quite safely. So the thing, yeah, like, and that's what I wanted. 
I had a MySpace and a Facebook at the same time, and I would have Yahoo Messenger, MSN Messenger, and AIM open. I would be listening to music on my MySpace and just like constantly posting on my Facebook when I had access to the internet. That was literally my life. And it was, I think back to it now and I'm like, I feel so old. Like, how does one do those things anymore? There's no like Yahoo or MSN messengers anymore. And it's so weird to me. That's not the same. I, I, the all of you guys remember BlackBerry Messenger, BBM. No. So I never had it, but I I had an ex-boyfriend who did. Well, I I remember I had it was a, a situation where there was a there was a girl I really liked, and we spoke every day, absolutely every day, and at the time, you know. I was quite naive, I, you know. Judd Apatow films were mm-hmm. kind of at the top of the charts, so I'm speaking to this girl every day, and I'm like Michael Sarah, and I'm going, "Oh my god, I'm in love! I'm in love with that!" <laughs> and <laughs> we would message every day, and then all of a sudden, Blackberries became obsolete, and we spoke on Blackberry Messenger, and the relationship just fell apart. Oh. From there, we couldn't we couldn't uh, migrate to Facebook. It was all in BlackBerry Messenger, and this girl she has like four kids now. Oh. I thank my lucky stars for uh, technological prominence. <laughs> I had my very first uh, phone that didn't have a pullout antenna. I jumped straight from a phone that had an antenna that retracted to LG. <clears throat> LG had a touchscreen phone that had like a music player and a web browser. It wasn't quite a smartphone smartphone yet. And I remember I had downloaded uh, Yahoo Messenger I and I had downloaded AIM. And I remember, because I had this phone when I was in college back in like, 2011 and I remember standing in a basement holding my phone up to a window trying to get my message to a dude I had a crush on to send and like I remember those days vividly and it's just it blows my mind that like kids these days don't get it that reminds me of um there was one point where um me my mom and my sister we were looking for a new place to live and I had a phone that was very similar to a BlackBerry, like the same kind of layout, but it wasn't, it was some off-brand, I don't know what it was. But I had to use those um, minute cards, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I had one of those, one minute card, and every house we went to, I had to try and make sure that I had at least enough service to send messages to the guy I was talking to. <laughs> and it was torture. Because my mom would just watch me walk around holding my phone in midair, just walking all around these properties, just like, I can't, I can't live here. There's not service. And she was just like, oh, shut up. Like, it's not that deep. You're killing my, my love life, mom. Uh-huh. 
And see, I lived so far out in the country, I had to take my flip phone and hold it up on my index finger and stand at the hump in the driveway and pray that my text message sent. I don't understand how you're called ginger and can see color when it sounds like you basically were in the black and white portion of Wizard of Oz. (laughs) I lived so far out in the country that we had three TV channels. And, like... (laughs) This is the Tucker Carlson Rodeo. Oh, you don't even know. You had, like... Everybody had a landline. Nobody had a cell phone because we were so deep in a valley that you couldn't mm-hmm. get cell reception. We were I was in a valley, in a valley, in a valley. Mm-hmm. Like, and we were at the bottom of the valley. And it was, my driveway was a tenth of a mile long. So, and I had to walk it every day. It was 20 minutes to a gas station or fast food. Like, we lived kind of out there. And, like, I grew up running around in the back field and walking over to my neighbor's house while he was working on a car and just, like, sitting in the garage while he's drinking a beer and beating on a motor. (laughs) It's the section of the roller coaster tycoon map where all the guests are stuck under the roller coaster and shitting themselves. Yep, pretty much. Let you know that I don't understand that reference. <sighs> Lila. Besides from both of you. Oh my god. How yeah, I'm. Can I'm, you do that? I was incredibly, um, well, I sheltered as a child. So, like, uh, I didn't see um, Inception or The Matrix until I was 20. So, last year. Say, so, Druid, remember, she's What's eight years younger one? than us. What's <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember the Matrix coming out. Uh, what a landmark moment that was for oh. the uh, for the flip phone, right? And listening to the new metal music and like pretending you can fly with a, a fucking cape on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, Lila? I know this. This episode is just going to be me having a fucking existential crisis every five minutes. And oh, for the probably. Sake, for the sake of eight years? Mm-hmm. What's that? Things move so f- mm-hmm. fast now. Do you know how long it took them to do things in, like, Greece? <laughs> I, I have those existential crises frequently, though. Like, you're just starting to get kind of keyed into my, like, I'm old. <laughs> oh, no, I've been having them since I was 14. Right. Right. <laughs> I've been sat here drowning in existential crisis. It's absolutely. It makes me a more well-rounded person. Mm. Uh, all in all, uh, but I, I actually think having an existential crisis is germane and kind of uh our generation ginger has kind of took the existential crisis and made an absolute identity out of it yeah pretty much and and lila's generation look at our generation and they go 
who's that fucking bozo in the Back to the Future shirt saying, you gotta watch this film. Right. I'm gonna invest in Beyond Meat. And they're like, oh, what's up, boomer? And I'm like, go, go fuck yourself. No, like, see, I don't understand calling people of y'all's generation boomer because, like, that's just too, that's too far. Like, yeah, you've got, like, um, certain things that definitely age you comparatively, Mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near the difference of an actual boomer compared to, like, my generation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, my, My grandma wrote a book about her life, and it's called Confessions of a Baby Boomer. Don't look at it. Don't look for it. It's not available on shelves, but uh, she wrote a, a, a novel about her life. It's called Confessions of a Baby Boomer. And I'm like, uh, I was speaking to her just today, and she was talking about this book. And she was like, I'm thinking of writing another book called Confessions of a Baby Boomer 2. <laughs> and I was like, well, you don't realize how badly that title has aged. You may as well say that you're mining the Earth's core for fucking eel souls and whale blubber. Right. Right? <laughs> it's like, you, you don't want to do that to yourself. Please. For the love of God, Grandma, don't do it. Don't do it, Grandma. Grandma yeah, especially, Jane. Especially now that you've got a platform and you're actively uh, promoting. <sighs> don't call it Confessions of a Baby Boomer, for fuck's sake! <laughs> grandma, why are you doing this to me? Don't do it! Don't do it. Start talking to your grandma like you're possessed. <laughs> I mean, she's like, and she's going, I don't even know what a meme is, Michael. <laughs> she's completely lost in this world. Does you call happens? it a meme. This is fair. Me, 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 me. This is very fair. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tell her to call the next book, uh, um, bottom text. Uh. In in white impact font with a picture of a fucking cartoon frog on it. Uh, uh, uh. Sorry. <laughs> you get on fortune, Grandma. <laughs> oh, that would be an experience. Grandma oh. on fortune. Oh God, I'm just thinking of my grandma getting on fortune. Right. Oh. Well, shit, Charles. Grandma, no, stop it. <laughs> Grandpa can't read it. What? <laughs> oh, shit, Charles. That was... What the fuck is all this lollygagging online? My my grandma, so my dad's mom, I would wake up in the mornings and walk out whenever I would stay with her, and she'd be frying bacon, whisking eggs with a lit parliament hanging out of her mouth, and a can of old Milwaukee's best at like 7.30 in the morning, cooking breakfast. Sounds like my grandma, except minus the alcohol. But other than that, like, that was neat. Like... My grandma's grandma's the fucking polar opposite of this. (laughs) Really? Oh my god. (laughs) I can't can't tell you. Like, she, she could be on Downton Abbey. Oh... Uh, yeah, because she's, like, over the years, like, grown accustomed to the finer things, okay? And 
so they live in the country now, and English countryside is a lot different to uh, uh, you all in uh, Central America in the Midwest. It's a, uh, you know, she, so she'll look out the window, and she'll go to my my granddad, my grandfather. She'll look out the window and she's like, "I don't know if we can leave the house, Ted." There's a chaffinch in that tree, and he's looking a wee bit picky. We might have to look after him. <laughs> so there's a there's a sick bird in the tree. We can't leave the house. <laughs> That's adorable. The like... And so she says, she says to him, "Let's pour him a brandy." <laughs> What's he gonna do? Like f- fucking Grand Theft Auto back? Like what? What the hell is he gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> what is the bird gonna do, Grandma? I'm like you're you're giving that bird brandy and it's leaving the nest with a two star wanted level, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! The the thing that I love is the comparison you made as you started that was that it. The English countryside is different from the Midwest. It's all about how we talk. Uh, and, and, and there's some reckless abandon here. But, I mean... Hey, Jim. What you doing? I'm grabbing another beer. Get one for the dog. No, stop. No. No. You dumb hillbillies. Get one for the dog. <laughs> like... Or my favorite is... Um... Oh, I went to uh, a 4th of July party at a campground with a guy I was dating and I want to say like middle school or so. And this group of people, I assume they were all family of his, uh, uh, put fireworks boxes in the fire. (laughs) Uh, So you can imagine where that or how that went. Yeah, because for those of you who don't know, fireworks boxes uh, actually catch all of the loose gunpowder that falls out of fireworks. Oh, and they also didn't check that they were all empty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. those those are big booms. <laughs> are fire- yeah. Are fireworks legal where you are, Druid? Uh, yes. Um... To a point. Okay. So, it gets to... uh, Well, so do you guys uh, celebrate Bonfire Night, the 5th of November? Not in the way that you guys do, I'm sure. So, for anyone that doesn't know, we let off fireworks here on the 5th of November because of a guy called Guy Fawkes. Have you heard of him? Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't. So, (laughs) well... can't believe I'm about to get into this, but uh, so Guy, For- Guy Fawkes was um, basically in the in the kind of late 1600s, maybe 1700s. People in Britain weren't happy with the government, and there was kind of there was a big issue between whether the church or the state should run it or the king should run it. Or it should be the country should be governed by a parliament. And basically, this guy Guy Fawkes uh, set up a plan to blow up and basically 
do a terrorist attack and destroy parliament and destroy the government buildings with all the kind of elected officials inside. But he was caught and he was burnt alive. <laughs> oh, shit. Burnt, he was burnt alive because, well, because, you know, that's what you did in that time. You just yeah. burnt people. So what we do, he was apparently burnt alive on the 5th of November. So how fucked up is this? Every 5th of November, the British people still let off fireworks to give a big fuck you to this guy, Guy Fawkes. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, so we, so there's two times a year we do fireworks and that's one. So they literally used to like burn effigies of him like up until like maybe my mum was a kid. Damn. Oh my God. Okay. So that's hundreds of that's... years we've been like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with him. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, fuck him. Um, oh, it's the beginning of the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of agree with it. Oh, fuck him. Um, but, anyway, so, we kind of let our fireworks for that. Okay. And what, you, what you'll what you see is, like, stores open up and, like, people are, like, selling fireworks around that time or New Year's. But mm. i tell you what was funny is that I used to work in, um, I guess, I would call it a supermarket. I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. A big, a big store, yeah. basically. And yeah, a grocery had, store. Yeah, yeah. It was like, but it's like quite big, like a Walmart, but not Walmart. Yeah. And we had uh, a shipping container come in for this Guy Fawkes night, uh, full of fireworks. And fireworks aren't like cheap. You know, it's a couple of, you know, tens of thousands worth in this shipping container. And uh, some people stole it. They came in with a, like a blowtorch, which, if you ask me, is not the right instrument to break into a shipping container full of fireworks. But yeah. I digress. Uh, they broke into this shipping container and stole all the fireworks, and it was clearly an inside job. Someone at the store had alerted people to where this stuff was going to be, and like how much was in there. And I was 19 years old when this happened, and the store manager took me into a room with the police because apparently I was the main suspect. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just curious what you ended up doing that had led them to make like, to be suspicious of you? I mean... Or maybe the person who had actually tipped off the uh, people who stole them the pointed the blame at you so that it wouldn't be on them. Lila, I'll tell you now, my crime was turning up to work hungover every Saturday and Sunday. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the hungover teenager yeah. will uh, be the yeah. one who stole thousands of dollars in fireworks. This guy doesn't appreciate the business. <laughs> this guy's not a dependable worker. He's here hungover all the time. We can't do shit, but he's there. He comes in, he's hungover. <laughs> That's... Do you guys know the story of uh, me getting accused for theft uh, at the um, previous job that I had? I don't think so, no. Okay. So my the big box retailer that I worked at, um, yes. I sold cell phones in said big box retailer for a hot minute. Probably my first year, well, my first two and a half years of the company. 
and I started part-time and there was a full-timer who was there. And what would happen is they would, if someone bought a phone that had like a gift card promotion, it would print a paper gift card instead of having us scan a physical gift card and acknowledging to the customer that they were getting this gift card. So our printer was always at a toner. And so very frequently we would resell the gift cards onto a physical gift card and give them to the customer. This one dude wasn't doing that. He was sliding the paper gift card underneath the register and then getting someone else to help resell him the gift cards saying it was for customers, but he would just pocket the gift card. But he came to me one day and he started doing it after he realized I could do this, but I figured out what the gift card numbers were on the very poorly printed gift card pages. Mm-hmm. And he got busted dealing pot out of the store, stealing $5,000 in gift cards and like $2,000 worth of product. Oh my God. And so that put me on loss prevention's radar. And I was like, I didn't know. I thought I, huh, huh. I've turned in all the white, all the weed that I found that was on the ground. Like I found this out. <laughs> it was, he would pull his hand out of his pocket and like dime bags would drop. Oh, dude. Or he'd like... Just fit in your car, at least. Or he would, like, tuck it behind, like, a laptop. And somebody would come uh. over and, like, pick it up. And I'm like... <laughs> Bro. Like, come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, imagine being a customer. And going to pick up a laptop. And just a dime bag or two. Yeah, like... Just chilling. Or, like, I'd... Pocket that shit. I would bend down and pretend like I was, like scratching my leg and I'd pick up the dime bag and I would radio a manager over and I would slide it to him. I'd be like, here, I found this. You should do something with it. And did like the like drug dealer hand slide. Yeah. And they would look at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, get the weed off the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. But I just found this dime bag, Holmes. (laughs) Hey, yo, you want this dime bag? I found it on the floor. I was about to say the store name. Oh. (laughs) Well, we don't want to get embroiled in, in like, corporate... uh, No. Well, and so that put me on loss prevention's radar, and we had about $10,000 in smartwatches go missing, and they (gasps) thought it was me, and it was only, like, a watch or two... Once every couple weeks, and it went on for months. Sometime, like, sometimes three or four of them would go missing. And I went to them and I said, hey, I think it's so-and-so. I'm doing the right thing and reporting it. And they pulled me back into the office like three weeks later and accused me. And they took my access to the keys away. So I purposely would, like, call them over for keys. And make a big deal, like... Opening and closing. Yes, I was being so petty. And then the manager who thought it was me apologized to me like last year. And he goes, Yeah, we finally figured out it was so and so and that it wasn't you. And so I'm sorry for thinking you were a thief. And I'm like, Damn right, you're sorry. Eat my ass. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh my God. 
I, I've got three points for that. And the first point is, if we had a producer for the podcast, then I would get them to put in Seth Rogen laugh tracks all over that. You know, like, <laughs> and then uh, second point, Lila, have you ever like been accused of stealing anything? Because we could start maybe putting together an Ocean's Eleven reboot. Yes. So the only thing that I was ever accused of stealing, I actually did steal, and it was my sister's cell phone, <laughs> because I was jealous that uh, she had one and I, I couldn't, because I was like, I don't know, nine or ten. <laughs> so I just took it and put it in this stuffed tiger purse that I had, and that's all I did with it. Like, I just put it in the purse, and I was just like, yeah, I have a cell phone. Oh my god. And, that's what you get for watching the fucking Matrix too late. Right? <laughs> You'd have had a flip phone. You'd be um, in the real world. You'd have a flip phone. Mm-hmm. Lila, you are guilty of stealing one ever... other thing. My heart. What's that? <laughs> I had to get her to go, aww, at least once. <laughs> My favorite uh, story was the... Uh, tiger bag yeah it was just this little white and black striped tiger oh so it was like a Siegfried and Roy it was like a proper it's like a Vegas tiger it was a white tiger yeah I guess so <laughs> she doesn't know who Siegfried That's... and Roy are it's fine it's fine it's fine <sighs> every five minutes man here we go again this fucking child I'm lost in a sea of my own mortality once again. <laughs> I'm an adult. I pay Bill. And say, what do you pay Bill for? Uh, drugs, mostly. Perfect. Oh, oh here we fucking go. <laughs> oh, get the 21-year-old on. She's fucking on pop. Ah, uh, shit. That 70s show all over again. Oh, that was such a good show. That was... You think so? I enjoyed it. Like, obviously, I watched it as a child, so my perception of what's good and not uh, is a bit tilted. But I enjoyed it growing up. It had some good episodes with some good points, but most of it was... I mean, it's background noise for me at this point. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think, for me, it's always... Is going to be in like shows like that, sitcoms, traditional sitcoms, uh, Frasier. <laughs> I won't say it. Uh, red nose, red the abnormal nose. I'm not going to say it. We love you, Red. Uh, we love you, Red. All uh, the love to Red. But, you know, aside from, you know, the in joke there, Frasier's fantastic. Uh, Seinfeld. Mm hmm. And uh, Third Rock from the Sun, <gasps> I think, is really, really underrated. I haven't watched Third Rock from the Sun in so long, but that was my favorite show growing up, like sitcom-wise. Absolute favorite. So, so dumb. L- Lila's probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know one of the three that you mentioned. Which one? One. Um, yeah, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. You don't know Frasier? Frasier was like I've heard almost it, but... before my time. 
Like, Frasier was, for us, Frasier was kind of, kind of old, I feel like, even for us, though, Druid. At least here in the States. Yeah, something that I grew up watching was, um, Married with Children. Uh, hey, hey, pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, mo- <laughs> the most obnoxious laugh track of all time. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, so, I think there was a thing in Married with Children where on the later seasons they really capitalised on having scantily clad women just turn up in the house. Yep. So, uh, but <laughs> what they would do, and if you go back to like old episodes, it's the funniest thing, what they would do is, and if anyone wants to check this, I think it's about midway through the show's run when it's really at its peak. They start bringing scantily clad women out and you know they have the canned laughter, the recordings of the crowd and stuff. Mm-hmm. What they do is they really amplify <laughs> the reactions of the men. Mm-hmm. So you'll just you'll hear all this like you know classics that come like whoa whoa someone in bikinis walked down oh my god whoa <laughs> and then and then you'll just hear like a guy in the background going like yeah she's hot <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's. The, Oh my god! You just hear it live like amplified, like the creepiest guy in the room. It's like they mic like, just that guy in particular and just weave his yeah yeah his commentary yeah, in there. Yeah yeah yeah. So so like a girl will walk in in a bikini, and you'll just hear a guy go like, "Work it, baby." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't un, Un-hear I can't that. disassociate that from the show. Yeah. That, um, I watched with my mom. There was a show called Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. Fuck that show. I loved that show. And when John Ritter died, like, they had that very, they had a very emotional episode for that. And I remember sitting with my mom and talking about, like, death and, like, people we had lost in our family and, like... It was very surreal. I di- I haven't thought about that in a long time. But I was just like, I watched that, which had very good moments like that. We watched um, Two and a Half Men, and I didn't get a lot of the jokes. Now yeah, that, I'm that o- was another one I watched a lot. Now that uh, I'm older, you, you I'm just dirty. You go back and watch it now. Uh, oh my god. It's so bad. Oh, it's gotta it's, be garbage. It's, I mean... Or not necessarily garbage, but you know what I mean. Well, well, I, well it, it, it's, the word I'd use is not garbage, and I know this seems like pedantic, but the word I'd use is trash. Mm. Yeah, like, I get that. Yeah, it's complete, like, it, it doesn't fly today. No, problematic oh, no. is the word I was thinking of. That's a better word for sure. Mm, mm. And, and, like, like, it goes to, sp- it, like, it speaks to, like, how our age range has has changed things. Like, it's so weird. (sighs) Do you know know what's crazy to me? Is that from Two and a Half Men, so the creator Chuck Lorre, that's his name, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. He moved on to The Big Bang Theory. Yep. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so... I didn't know that was the same creator. Yep. Yes, it's it's the same guy. Uh... And it's funny because I don't think it's recognised like how much like that show has has influenced like 
how people act today about pop culture. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, thousand percent. Certainly, you know, Ginger, you'll remember a time where being into like comic books and and kind of that sort of pop culture was just you were a loser. Yep. And that's the that's the single conceit of the show. And mm-hmm. I think there is a different there's a definite correlation in the popularity of that and people latching on to things like superheroes and things like that. But the thing that bums me out about the Big Bang Theory more than anything is just, I just find it so horrifically unfunny and actually quite <laughs> toxic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it takes all of the stereotypes of nerd culture and just... And just turns it up. Yeah. Leonard... Leonard, for me, was one of the most likable characters on the show, and that's saying a lot, because, ooh, buddy. And, like, just Raj not being able to speak to women. Like, first oh, of all... Then, and then he gets drunk, and he's... And he can. Yeah. But then he's just an, an, an asshole. Mm. And <laughs> I censor myself. I feel so weird saying asshole, which is what I'd actually say. <laughs> I sound like fucking Hugh Grant. <laughs> oh, was such an asshole. Are we getting to the Hugh Grant portion of the of the recording? Uh, I've got a Hugh Grant story, if you like. <laughs> I love this story. Please tell it. I don't think Lila knows it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the, there's a friend of mine. Was uh, he was down at a place called the uh, the Cliffs of Dover, which is right at the kind of south of the UK and it's a really picturesque spot and he's there with his family and you know this friend of mine he's a bit of a norm bit of a buffoon uh, he's got you know his leftover ear stretchers still in and he listens to uh, pig squealing music uh, but so anyway he sees a Ferrari parked on top of this cliff and the guy's a bit of a you know gearhead loves loves cars so he walks over to the car and starts taking photos of this Ferrari. And a man starts walking over to get into the Ferrari. And they're like, fucking hell, that's Hugh Grant. That's Hugh Grant over there. Then my friend goes, Mum, Mum, let's go over and take a photo with Hugh Grant. Let's go over. And they walk up to Hugh Grant really excitedly. Mm-hmm. And they're walking over. And, you know, Hugh Grant can obviously just see them a fucking mile away. Mm-hmm. Like walking over with their phones in their hand. And uh, my friend walks up to him and goes, mate, mate, mate. And Hugh Grant just goes, fuck off, mate. <laughs> I, mean, I can't say I blame him. But... <laughs> I, I, I like that story. It makes me like Hugh Grant more and my friend less. <laughs> yeah. Because who sees a car and loses their shit? Like, oh, we're fucking Ferrari. I'm gonna, oh. I mean, uh, people gawk at my fiance's car. I mean. What, what's he driving? It's just a Dodge Challenger. He's driving me crazy. That's why he's driving. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have friends who obsess over cars, so they wouldn't give a shit who owns that car. They'd go take pictures of it. I don't understand that. Like, I feel creepy taking pictures in public because I'm like, or like videos in public where it's like, I don't know if these people are cool with being on, like being in my photos or my videos. So I'm just going to not. Right. And I mean, it's very scarce where I see a car and I'm like, ooh, I need a picture of that car. I'll just Google the fucking car. Right? 
exists. The best cars I've ever driven are in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> I've never played GTA. I need that's something I should play on stream. Do you know this good. is a, this is something we should do as a trio? Oh God! Is that we should we should do one of the fucking in-game heists. <gasps> okay, I'm in. Oh God! See, <laughs> the thing that I love is like I've dabbled in GTA, but I love that the person you'd expect to have played GTA has it, and the person you don't expect has. Right. Like, <laughs> and like yeah. I tried to play it as a kid, but I couldn't figure out the driving mechanics. Right, right. That's interesting. Well, because I, I grew up on them. So, two thousand one, <laughs> GTA three came out, and I remember going to a friend's house, and there'd literally not been anything like it. So we had like, you know, and I don't know if this is the same for Ginger, but like I, when I started playing games, it. It was all 2D games. It was like Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. So in 2001, when I had a go at GTA 3 and you could just do whatever you want, it was a landmark moment. It was yeah. one of those times when an open world game really hit. Because it mm. GTA is, can, technically, it's open world. Like, you can drive around and do whatever the fuck you want. But, like, you still got shit to do. I yeah. was at least a gen or two behind on consoles, and PC gaming for me was out of the question. So, like, yeah. everybody else is playing, you know, cel-shaded PS2 games, and I'm sitting over here with a Sega Genesis, like, what up? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> yeah, well, my, my Genesis was such a favorite, like, item that I had, and it I think this is something that we can appreciate. Uh, not to single you out, Lila, here, but like just seeing how far games progress was just. Mm-hmm. You know, well, see, even... I can appreciate it too at a limit because my first consoles were the, um, like Nintendo sixty four, the Super mm. NES, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and... and like even had an Atari for a time. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and well, it's not as strong. Shit, I can still appreciate it. Shit games on the Atari. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. I I had a friend at high school, and he was like my best friend in the world. And he he had like uh, Atari twenty six hundred. He had like just every console. He used to have a like a Neo Geo arcade box oh, in his wow. house. Oh and wow! Was, yeah, yeah, it was like seriously amazing. But like the thing that's tainted the memory of that that guy was realising that every joke he ever told me was from the uh, angry video game nerd. <laughs> oh god. And he was just ripping everything he, he ever said to me off that <sighs> fucking show. I I've those of you who who spent a lot of time talking to me, Lila and Druid, you as well, but probably not as much, know that I quote a lot of things and make a lot of references. Mm. I was that kid to a worse extent in high school. Mm. But I was constantly quoting, like, Foamy the Squirrel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching Foamy the Squirrel on illwillpress.com. 
like back when it wasn't on YouTube. <laughs> Do you know what foamy is, Lila? No. I will have to send I you imagine videos it's of similar to um just by the name it makes me think of a uh, happy tree friend. Yeah, sort of. Oh, by the way, do you remember that? Fucking yes, hell. I was obsessed with that throughout like middle school, early high school. It was. I had it, I had it on. I had it on DVD. I had to catch I have it. DVD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had it on DVD. <gasps> I need those DVDs. <laughs> yeah, and and the the menu screen when you when you like press play all, uh-huh. it had like an animation of one of the characters coming on, and then like an anvil would. Like fall on them and make them not pop open. Oh my god! Yeah, it. Angry Tree Friends is is more graphic than Foamy is, but Foamy the Squirrel was, to me, it was hysterical. I remember cackling at like midnight when I should have been in bed, but I had snuck out and got on the computer. Like, oh my god! It was yeah. Oh, we'll have to. Happy Tree Friends was on Netflix very briefly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which is wild because it's literally like a Newgrounds cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lila, uh, we'll the... we'll share some some foamy. I'll I'll I'll, sh- I'll get you the the highlights and we'll we'll educate you. It'd be interesting to see how that's like <laughs> how that's aged over the years. Right. You know, he's still putting out content. Like, there's still new foamy the squirrels. And they're not as, they're not super graphic. They're not horrible, but man, some of them age fine. Some of them not. The the one thing at that time that I always quoted and had memorized, have you guys seen Wayne's World 2? Not not 2. So there's a speech in it. I can recite the speech. I still remember it word for word. Uh, I could recite the speech for you. Do it. Do it. So, context. Uh, Wayne, Mike Myers, and Garth, Dana Carvey, both have certainly known life, um, go into uh, a British roadie's house. And the roadie is like one of these classic, like, old rock band roadies, like a stoner. And he's, you know, that guy that is into heavy metal, that, like, he'll tell you, like, my uncle owns this club, Mm. and Jimi Hendrix used to drink here. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a metal dude thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy's like that, and he tells a story about when he was roadieing for Ozzy Osbourne, and here it is, uh... Just give me a, a second to get into character. Okay. And here we go. So there I am in Sri Lanka, formerly Ceylon, at about three o'clock in the morning, looking for 1,000 brown M&Ms to fill a brandy glass, or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night. So Jeff Beck plops his head round the corner and mentions there's a little sweet shop on the edge of town. So we go. And it's closed. So there's me and Keith Moon and David Crosby breaking into that little sweet shop, eh? Well, instead of a guard dog, they've got this bloody great big Bengal tiger. I managed to take out the tiger with a cat of mace. But the shop owner and his son 
well, that's a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. Nasty business, really. But sure enough, I got the M&Ms, and Ozzy went on stage and did a great show. <laughs> and a scene. Can I just say the sad thing is, is I know stories like that, but besides the beating someone to death with their own fucking shoes, stories like that actually exist. Uh-huh. Can I just say the silence at the end of that was absolutely oh. deafening. Oh my god, I loved it. I loved oh, no, it. Don't oh. I was more focused on why he only wanted the brown M&M's. Classic. It's like rock star thing to do. Uh-huh. Is that where is that where Twitch streamers are gonna go? God, I hope. Not. Oh, I hope not. Mm. I won't. Okay. I'm gonna be like, I just need like a roof, and then like, you can just like throw chicken nuggets at me, and I'll be fine. Or like a pizza. Like I don't right? need a whole just, lot. Like, as long as I have food and like maybe some candy, I'm good. <laughs> some water. That's that's about it. It's. <laughs> I just want candy, water, and chicken nuggets. It sounds like Lila. Yeah. It's so yeah. sweet. It's so on brand. Oh my god, hey, it's so on brand. I'm not Doritos and Mountain Dew. Thank God. <laughs> I uh, I had a look at Kevin Hart's writer when he came and performed at my college. And for those of you who don't know what a writer is, it is demands that the talent or personality or whoever makes when they're coming. Like, these are things you have to have. So, the reason, like, Ozzy wanted all those brown M&M's, it's because it was on his rider. Like, mm-hmm. so, I saw Kevin Hart's rider when he came to perform at my college. And it was a dry campus in a dry town. And he had bottles of, like, triple sec and vodka and Henny and JMO. <laughs> and the coordinator that was in contact with him was just like, Hey, we're actually a dry campus. And he's like, Oh shit. No, that's cool. Like ain't no big thing. Then just give me some pop and like some snacks. <laughs> Good. At least he wasn't a dick about it. And he rolls Good. in with his entourage of three people and they're standing in the back, just like drinking pop and like eating popcorn. It's <laughs> like, what is this? This was back during his, like, right after his first 30-minute special aired on Comedy Central. Oh, whoa. This was way back. And I sat in the front row, and he made fun of me all night. (gasps) What? Yeah. So when, Lila, you know the laugh. But, Druid, I don't know if you've heard my very unique laugh when I'm, like, I'm falling out of my chair laughing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to ignore the fact that you're like, oh, Druid, you've not made me laugh that much. Oh, bullshit. Well, the only reason I've heard it is because she, Storm, and I were playing probably Call of Duty. Yep. And, or, or, not Druid, Jesus, my, I was reading your name on my screen. Um, Storm had uh, said something, and I, I overreacted to be silly, and... He said, stream baby, do you need your binky? And Ginger lost her mind laughing. And like, damn near fell out of her chair. It was, the VOD's probably still up, to be honest. I did fall out of my chair. 
I you took off. Yes, I took off my headphones, ducked my head into my knees, hoping my mic wouldn't pick it up. And I sat up and I started laughing again and I went to lean over and I just plopped out of my chair. My God. I, Good job. But it's this obnoxious like <laughs> sound. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, that we're all just fuck? sitting here giggling. What the fuck was that? That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You just can't, you're laughing so hard and you can't catch your breath and you're trying to get get in a breath to laugh and it's just this <laughs> heaving. But the problem is, is I still have my tonsils and they're huge. And so. Like, what a flex. What a, what a strange flex. I, it, it what is. a weird flex. <laughs> My tonsils are bigger than your tonsils. Weird flex, okay. You know what? I'm in a, fuck, a fucking jar next to Rasputin's dick. <laughs> but that's... I laugh like that because I still have my giant tonsils. And, like, Kevin Hart made fun of me all night because of that laugh. And I, mean, I, I laughed like that as a kid, so I know what that's like. But yeah. it wasn't my Kevin Hart. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So it's we're dead. we're walking through the parking lot, going to my friend's dorm, and the parking lot where he parked his SUV was in that lot. And he just whips around out of nowhere and cuts me off from my friends, and just like stops, and he's like, "Thank you so much for being such a good sport. That was so fun. That Aww. was so funny." I hope you had a good time. I hope I didn't offend you. And I was just like, all right. All right. Uh, we, we cool. He's like, he's like, dude, your fucking tonsils are tiny. You, you got tiny tonsils, man. You got, I can't... Little, you got little Kevin Hart tonsils. You got you got little, little tiny Kevin Hart tonsils. I can't fucking when, do when nothing he, with that. When Kevin Hart laughs, he goes, <laughs> he sounds like a dolphin. I sound like a fucking... Manatee with those fucking iron tonsils. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hey, at least he was such a great guy to like come and make sure that you were good with it after. Yeah, like that was the and one thing. Just I'll like, give him. whoa, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's my ex-wife's goal was to get my laugh on someone's like Netflix or TV special. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. 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 You think that's funny? You know what? You know what? Both of you can bite me, okay? (laughs) You know it's out of love. I know. I I love you, babe. We gotta get that fucking weird tonsil manatee laugh on uh, on Comedy Central. Oh, dude, she. She tried so hard when we went and saw Craig Ferguson live. She made sure that we sat close enough that he could hear my laugh. And he was about to call in a medic to come look at me and make (gasps) sure I was okay. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I've had good experiences with big shows like that. And as someone who did stand up for a while and who still does stand up occasionally, like, I, I, I get it. Like... 
<gasps> stand up whenever we go to Dragon Con. Oh, God. I don't even know if there's going to be a mic around. Well, I mean, like, in town somewhere, there's bound to be. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, maybe. Hello, Dragon Con. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Humor comes in different scales. But, um, shh. God damn it. <laughs> you know, for it... as much chaos Ugh. as I expected, this has been fairly tame. And I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> it, I mean, we could have we could have lost uh, the narrative. We what I've noticed is that we appear to just end up at some point talking about fucking sitcoms. Yes. <laughs> Because Lolly, Lolly's not heard the the first episode yet, but we talked about Matt LeBlanc for about twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. How you doing, Lila? How you doing? How you doing? I'm a douchebag. <laughs> Fucking wise guy. I'm dumb, but I'm pretty. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Because what what else do you fucking need? Right. Look at Machine Gun Kelly. Ooh. Oh. No, I, no, Problematic. No, no. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> just problematic. Yeah, we'll just uh, problematic. It's fine. To put it lightly. Well. Oh, he, he sounds like Blink One Eight Two, so I like him. Don't. Travis Barker's got my favorite neck tattoo. I like his music, but he's made some um, pretty gross comments about wanting to date underage girls. So. Yeah. Probably gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Machine Gun Keller. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were talking to me. I was like, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Don't, no, don't worry. Uh, I'm on Team Lila. And uh, I hope so. That's what this is all about. If I wasn't on Team Lilo and I was on Team Machine Gun Kelly, this would be a very different podcast, wouldn't it? Oh yes. Yeah. Like, our first guest is Travis Barker, and he's like, uh, "I'm done telling fucking jokes." <laughs> God damn it! Uh, my mo my mohawk is falling over. Uh, I'm super relevant now. Do they make Cialis for Mohawks? <laughs> hey, oh, fuck. These stivers are fucking bored. I love that that's the I... joke that killed you, too. <laughs> oh, that, my God. That's, the, that's, that's possibly the quickest and best joke I've ever fucking heard. It was so good. Uh, the only person with stiffer mohawk than Travis Barker is the guy in the alien ant farm smooth criminal video. Yes! Bit oh my god. He has a mohawk made of literal bones. Oh, fuck. Hold on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I want to... Fuck. Tits. Shit. Don't mind me. Everything is fine. I say tits all the time. Shut up. It's fine. Everything is fine. I mean, she has merch coming out that's all tits. This is very true. 
hashtag tits are great. Tits are great. Hashtag step up for gender. God, stop it. Can we just say, you know, the the fucking decade of the ass is over. Hashtag tits are tits are great. Yeah. I don't understand people's obsession with just ass in general. It's like, I mean, it's because they. They like what they're told to like. Okay, as, as someone who really enjoys asses, I... Like, they're great to look at, but I don't understand, like, eating ass. Uh, fair. Like, I I don't get it. It's just gross to me. Like, I'm thinking about the potential health concerns to it, and I'm like, please don't. I mean... No comment. I... I'm just gonna abstain from that and choices no, no because every person is a sculpture and you need to you know if you're with someone in a consensual relationship you need to treat them as such as if they were carved from marble yes yeah i mean it if that's what you do it's what you do like yeah no i'm not trying to shame anyone it's just i personally think about the health risks and i'm like no thanks I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not here to keep shame anyone. It's just like, yeah. I'm thinking about how potential or health things can go because I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario and everything. And it's just like, oh, that's not a good idea. Oh, honey, no. It's... Oh, honey, no. Oh, sweetheart, no. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> No. Sounds so ridiculous. The way he's <laughs> oh, sweetheart, no! What are you doing? Oh God, what are you doing over there? Come on! Think of the litmus test. Oh no, this is far from neutral, honey. <laughs> you put iodine on that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, did you say you... iodine? Uh, uh, iodine, iodine, tomato, okay. tomato. Fair. I was just very confused for a second. I was like, what is that? Remember, he's from somewhere else, honey. It's okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, this is like a, an international podcast, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows like where the next guest is going to be from. <laughs> Ginger and I are going to have to adapt <laughs> to a whole host of world cultures. We have to, uh, you know, take the chemical imbalance of eating ass and just fucking roll with it and roll with what the guest wants. <laughs> but what about what the listeners want? Yeah, I think that's more important. I mean... Fuck the listeners. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no, 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 fighting no, no, words. No, no. I, lo- I love the listeners. That um, We have approximately zero listeners, so I can say what I want because I have no idea who is actually That's fair. This has it. yet to be aired, so Who's who's gonna get to the point where we start talking about the 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 sanitary elements of uh the disgusting out there <laughs> we're talking about now. I'm gonna let's underline this. Let's go on to something more productive. Do we wanna get into some questions from the community? I was about to say that's probably a good idea. I think it's about that time, yeah. Okay. I think there's there's one I want to save for the for the end 
Okay. It's it's the the one that we all have been thinking about. Um, let's see. Do you want to ask the first question, Drew, or do you want me to ask? Uh, well, being as you've got them in front of you... Perfect. Uh, you ask the first one. Uh, are we just going... Yeah, from from the tab. So I will endeavour to get the next one up, and I'll ask the next one. The the top one is the one that we are going to save for the end, because I think that's oh, the most... Yeah, I, I could feel that. Yeah. So, uh, a wonderful... Hostile Puma asks, can we devolve back to monkey? So can this someone, question, can someone this, explain this to me? That's, let me see what kind of... I was playing Skyrim when this question was yeeted into chat. <laughs> um, I don't quite know what Puma was was meaning by this question. Um, I think he was referring to how um, many people believe in evolution and how we evolved from monkeys. Probs. And he wants he wants to know if we can devolve back to that, but it, I don't... I would say no, because we don't know for sure that that's what happened. You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay, yeah. Interesting response. Uh, so you're, uh, so that's a hard no. We couldn't go back. Yeah. Well, I'm people not saying are, it's a hard no. It's just I doubt it. People are getting rid of like hair. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like left, right, and center. So like, <laughs> people are, like waxing their chests and things like that. It's. So I... we're probably going to become like, you know. We're gonna like, look like we're made of fucking rubber, as opposed to like going back and looking like chimpanzees. Yeah, I don't think we're ever gonna devolve physically. I think eventually. No, I think... <laughs> Does that mean you think mentally? Mentally, I think uh, very possible. Some yeah. people have already, already devolved have. back. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't think that unless something really detrimental happened I don't think we would devolve I think we're going to continue to like just keep evolving like how some people are um, like being born without wisdom teeth because we no longer need them that kind mm. of thing so my uh, my my kind of gauntlet that I'll throw in for this question is take a look down at your toes and just tell me that you're going to be able to like grow a thumb out of the side of that shit. Jesus. <laughs> like, like we're going to be able to like have hands for feet. Like it's just not going to happen. Like, yeah, I just I don't I don't foresee. I mean, who knows where the human race is headed? But I just don't think we're going faster. So, yeah. So that, that's the follow up question. Is like. I suppose if going backwards isn't an option, what is going to happen going forwards? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm hoping that we can maybe lose some organs. Um, 
Yeah, like the, uh, what is it that doesn't do anything? The appendix? Yeah. Like. Yeah, get rid of that. <laughs> Just get that shit out of here. Right. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and part of me wants to see, like, strength growing in the spines, but then, like, in the arms and hands. I want to see how, like, I would be enthralled with the knowledge of what we will evolve to because we're doing so much with our hands in the way of texting and typing and gaming and and that is such a change yeah i would love to see you like long index fingers or you can like order with or like like, from a distance like (laughs) like a like a like you know like on Honey Boo Boo, when they've got like a wand that they can press the microwave, the microwave with right. for like twenty meters, but and then also, I mean, like as a part of that though, I think the next logical step of evolution is eyes, mm-hmm. because of looking at screens. Yep. Yeah. So like bigger pupils. Yeah. Like Being able to handle the blue wavelength better. Without yeah, getting yeah. such intense headaches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like evolution isn't like going to be like a natural process, but like a techno, like a technologically, like man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially with like almost everyone with the PC setup has like two to th- four or five screens. Yeah. And always having a cell phone and tablet and. Even in cars, it's everywhere. So we're basically going to turn into Zordon from (laughs) the Power Rangers. Yes. In a big big glass, like, you know, (laughs) shuttle. And you're like, Ranger, Ranger. You can't hear what he's saying. Ranger, Ranger. (sighs) Good old Power Rangers. The OG Power Rangers. Shit, dude. Yeah, didn't it fuck you up when you found out? Well, I don't know if you found this out, but it's filmed in Japan and yeah. when they're in the suits and stuff it's not actually the American show they've just dubbed over a Japanese show yeah what yeah did you not know that no yeah, yeah oh so, I, I mean it makes sense case. yeah I don't know if it's the case today no yeah. when it when it started all that like because it's so kaiju right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like when they get when they get in the fucking swords they do their thing for Angel Grove. They fucking huh. do the business. But, like, when they get into the suits, it's, like, it's pre-recorded from a Japanese show that came out maybe, like, five years before yeah. the American one started. Whoa. That's why there's yeah, such a quality then... difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, the the teen drama seems so, sho- like, shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Now Lila's gonna go back and watch the OG and just be like, son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I grew Holy up... Shit, why, is that... <laughs> why is that throwing me for such a loop right now? Why is that, like... That's fucking with me that it's just a dubbed show. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I could, like... You could give her an existential crisis. If I brought nothing to the table, it's that not it's that's Buzzfeed knowledge. Let's be honest. (laughs) That's like you know, if you name all these candy bars, we can assure you you're of a genius level. 
you gave Lila an existential crisis in return for all the ones that she gave you. Fair. <laughs> you've, you've heard the ones that I've commented on, mm. let alone the ones that have happened like silently. Yep. <laughs> throughout the episode. Like, mm. Crazy, Lila. Crazy. <laughs> Somebody stop this girl. Stop me from what? Somebody stop this girl. Just like like breaking uh, millennial psyches left, right, and center. There you Twitch communities, Twitch communities full of fucking like old losers. Oh, so old. <laughs> we're like, oh my god, we're so old. Well, I'm like 29. I shared I shared a meme on Facebook the other day. It was a picture of a cyclone, right? And it said, "90s kids, your 30s are coming." God damn it. <laughs> How did we get from can we devolve to monk to to Power Rangers? Right? <laughs> we, it was actually like an abstract moment in which we showcased the act of devolution in front of the listener. Uh, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, well, we couldn't say anything intelligent about that, so it turns out we're going to have to just talk about the Power Rangers instead. <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> boom, 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 because we're all pop culture fucking idiots. <sighs> Accurate. Yeah, look, this is how I'm going to devolve, is I'm going to turn into one of those pop vinyl figures. <laughs> and like So many of those? Yeah, but it's like, I'm, I'm like Goku, but like, the Goku no one wants, because he's, like, he's asleep in a pod. I'm like, <laughs> why did you bring this out? Pop vinyl. <laughs> I collected uh, Pop Vinyl Dragon Ball Z number 74. It's Goku asleep in a pot. He's still got his tail intact. <laughs> Your reference is going... I sent you guys a photo of uh, how many pot figures I have. Oh, God. <sighs> so you're, you're an avid collector of Pop Vinyl? Yeah, my fiancé and I. It's mostly him. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that guy. It's because he <laughs> that knows... <loser>. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> He knows more about pop culture than you, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's the one who got me to watch Matrix, Inception, uh, Back to the Future. Um, oh, there was another one. Uh, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. He got me into that. Is he slightly older? Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's a, in a few days, actually, about to be 24. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm saying, like, this facet of pop culture dies with us. I, I genuinely believe that. Yep. Well, <sighs> unless you guys, like, continue to pass it on to, like, your children or your um, families. <laughs> or like, stream babies. <laughs> yeah, but if I have a kid, he's going to be like, Dad, Marty McFly's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Like, don't brand. I, yeah, I most, but why don't no, you keep why, saying that? So why that's why you show it to them when they're young. Yeah, when they're young like, and what? you make them appreciate it. Yeah, he's like, Dad, why do you keep showing me Nirvana? <laughs> and and what, what, why have you got, like, a, a figure of Piccolo in the corner uh, asleep? <laughs> I'm like, he's training, son. <laughs> he's, he's summoning Shenron. <laughs> why do you have so many plastic figures of these popular people yeah, yeah, in shows? 
do you know what he's going to say? He's like, Dad, they're all plastic. You're a fucking animal. He's like, you, you destroyed the coral reef, Dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't get me started on your vinyl collection, you asshole. Oh, God. <laughs> he's like, yeah, son, I collect vinyl. It's like better than Spotify because you can, it makes noises that shouldn't be on the song. <laughs> I mean... Me having bought a new vinyl yesterday. I may or may uh, not well, have bought a vinyl at a concert a few weeks ago. <laughs> no, well, uh, you know, my collection's like it's like several shelves. That's my yeah. pop. My that's my pop vinyl. I've got like you know, Deep Purple records from the fucking seventies. Like, uh, like on my dad's dad. We'll have to compare Hello. vinyl sometime because I have a whole bunch of classic vinyl. Excellent, yeah, I love that. Do, and then there's like... me with Queen and Billie Eilish. I mean, I don't expect <laughs> they go much together else like a you. horse and carriage. They do. Dale. Dale. The best thing Freddie Mercury ever said was uh, Have you, Lila, you might have seen this. You know the Sex Pistols? Yeah. Uh, uh, they had the bass player Sid Vicious. And uh, Freddie Mercury has a story where Sid Vicious came into the studio where Queen were recording, and he said, like, Oh, Queen, this is fucking opera shit. Oh, we're Sex Pistols, we're punk. And uh, Freddie Mercury just said to him, Well, isn't your name Simon Ferocious? (laughs) And fucking kicked him out of the studio. Absolute gold. Oh, my God. Good. Love that, man. Yeah, yeah. What an icon. Shall we move on to the next question? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. This is what, you know, you were, Ginger was saying, oh, oh, it's not been very chaotic so far. Here we go. Now it's chaos. It has happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's official. We're, we're in the, you know, and any listener that's still uh, with us up to this point, um, I'm going to guess it's, uh, just some people we know by name at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. well done. Well done. Props to you. Yes, congratulations for making it through our nonsense. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, second question. Uh, so, oh, no, I said that that's this. So, uh, Mrs. KB Wells asked Delilah a question, and I'm so glad that she's asked this because we have not touched on Lila's art at all. <laughs> we have been very bad interviewers here, but uh, KB Wells brings it back. We're here to promote Lila. Yes. And Lila's a great artist. Uh, and KB Wells says, What types of art do you do? Just digital? Pencil? Paper? Paint? If you do multiple, what is your favorite type to do? Yeah, so I. <clears throat> I do um, digital pen and paper, pencil paper, uh, let's see, painting. I make jewelry. I, um, let's see. I very briefly made dice, but it's a little too complicated for me to really enjoy it. But um, I'd say my favorite is probably painting. It's what I tend to always go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I've done the longest, for sure. Um, well, besides pencil and paper, obviously. But, like, there's just something so calming about it. And just zoning out and just seeing the colors. I don't know. Mm. It's 
So is there a particular being messy? Is there a particular kind of paint you use? Um, I mostly use acrylic and um, oil based. Mm. I'm really hoping to get more into watercolor. I got a new um, yeah watercolor palette recently, so I'm gonna mess around with that again. I'll use the paint and couldn't paint acrylic or oil and could only paint watercolour and it's because watercolour has this kind of you know you you add the water to it and you bleed the colours in mm-hmm. and it has that it, and it's such a strange like precision to it mm-hmm. it's mesmerising mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's something about but you know it what it doesn't have that acrylic and oils have is like a sense of texture I think on the canvas or on the page so is there any kind of style that you like to paint in um not really I kind of mess around with a lot of different um, painting styles like for a while I got really obsessed with um, Bob Ross and his style and like acrylic pouring and um where you paint your body and lay on the canvas that type of thing so I've kind of done it a little bit of all of it. That's so cool. Like just like a wide, like kind of birth of stuff. Like uh, uh, Bob Ross makes it look easy, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 you know, it's so accessible. Oil paint is so frustrating. Oh, I can't do it. It's uh, it gets muddy so fast. It's so like he makes it look like it's just oh, paint mm. some little happy trees, and it's like uh, these aren't trees. These are just blobs of oil this is just a blob of amorphous color and i'm gonna throw this canvas away now okay thanks bob ross (laughs) (laughs) and and then he cuts away like you want to learn the technique he cuts away and he goes here's a little squirrel look at at this little guy well he's great and you're like bob bob please i want to be an artist Bob, please, I want to paint. Bob, please. Please, Please, Bob, I know you're going to beat the devil out of it, but what do I do next? I know you've got a bird's nest on your head, Bob, (laughs) but we don't need to see every species that's ever fucking lived in there. (laughs) I I love him. Um, But, in you know, so are are you trained in art? Is it something that... I mean, I had... No, um, I had art classes in school, but, like, never beyond, um, what was, like, really mandated, I guess. Um, Mm. there was a period where I was supposed to be in band, and I went to the first day, and I pulled out my clarinet, and I was putting it together and soaking the reed, and I was just like, can I switch to art? (laughs) This isn't, (laughs) this isn't fun. And, like, right after that class, I went to, um the principal's office and I was just like hey can I switch out a band into art and they were like yeah that's totally fine and I'll never forget that art teacher like he (laughs) that reminded me of um while I was in his class he liked the way I um just the way I use color right and um I'll have to find the picture and show you guys in a probably a month or so but um he put my uh, self-portrait that i did into uh, a local art show and i i won nice wow. and 
that was the first time where I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. There's something about winning an art show as well. It's not like winning an award for like almost any of the other creative outlets. And the reason for that, I think, is because art is out of, you know, if we're talking content and things people make in creative endeavor. Yeah. I think art is the most subjective. Mm-hmm. So really, it, you know, we can talk skill and things like that, but I think, you know, art with art, it's like, what do they like in the room? And it's just amazing that you were able to like, do that. Well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. It was, yeah. it was very surreal because I was in like eighth grade or something. And I was shocked that my piece was even put into it, let alone to, like, Mm -hmm. be what people like the most out of all of it there, because there was incredible work there. And I still have the certificate somewhere, but it was just a little certificate pin, and I, it was one of my favorite moments, I think, with my art, aside from, like, what I'm getting into now with designing merch and all these amazing things that i get to do yeah so and then the designing merch i mean that's so different mm-hmm. yeah because it's, it's yeah no, carry on please it's like it's so similar to like drawing on pen and paper and that type of thing but like you can obsess over every pixel mm-hmm. and i kind of can't let myself otherwise it'll take me way too long to get what ginger needs to her yeah yeah. There's there's a certain think, piece. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there's a certain piece that um, she had sent me. I think it was probably a pen and paper drawing. It was. And she sent it to me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love that." There's just a couple little things I would tweak, and it took probably four or five months. Yeah. To finally get the final version, and he's the little creature that's on all of my banners for like my Twitter and my Twitch. Mm. And Daryl. I right? love I love him so much. <laughs> I'm so happy you like him. And it's it's just, but it was one of those things that I was, it, for me, I know that art takes time. I know that like I can go on Fiverr and hire someone to design me a something you know real stupid and easy and quick. But the thing that I love about Lila's art and all of the merch she's designed for me is I've seen her actively work on it. Like, we've been on FaceTime, and she has been working on the most recent piece she did for me. And we talked, and we we collaborated. And that's one of the most valuable things for me, as the person whose name is going on the product, <laughs> that I get that little bit of collaboration. Yeah, and I never want to do something that you, like, aren't okay with. Like, I'm gonna, like, I will never have my feelings hurt if you want something changed or, like, edited at all. Like, there was a point with one of the drawings where I had written on the wrong layer all across the um, canvas, (laughs) essentially, and had to go in and erase, like, by pixel and it was excruciating, but you love the piece, and that's that's what I'm here for, you know? Yeah. That's professionalism is what that's called. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, no, well, what, what I mean <laughs> by that is, 
Um, you know, in terms of that kind of art, stiff different from just like expression it's working to a brief right so mm-hmm. i mean i guess that you know you show that you're able to adapt and change to what like a client wants at that point mm-hmm. yeah and that's a completely different skill um so i guess in a roundabout way i'm i'm just saying that you're doing a great job thank you yeah i and i can't say it enough I love every piece of work that you've done for me and that's why I continue being all like hey hey so I'm I thinking have an about idea. this <laughs> yeah I mean you guys collaborated on the cover for this podcast and yeah I basically said I kind of like these colors and you guys went to town two totally different yep. designs but then you came together and mm-hmm. made a final design and it took me two seconds of looking at it to go i love it i'm yes i'm cool with that and if you guys would have came back to me with another version mm-hmm. i you know i would have looked at it and you know i'm as someone who has to make these decisions now Lila, you know, and Druid, I think you fully know. I am so laid back and so chill. It's like, oh, sure, whatever. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Like, yeah, I'm not so like definitely helps yeah. with um, me designing for you. Yeah, is I don't have to be like so uptight with myself about like everything being absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, because... uh, well, yeah. Well, what I was taken with was like. The changes you made to the design on for the podcast were, were like inspired in a way because they weren't big changes, but it really made it really makes it pop, mm-hmm. and that just like showcases like a level of like an eye for detail, uh, and like that skill. Yeah. Uh, to me, like it's skill to me is like being able to just see like look at something and make it better just like have the eye for that i think it's uh, i think it's you know keep at it it's exciting mm. oh i will i i'm for the first time in a long time with um everything that i'm doing for ginger and myself and i feel inspired and like excited to keep going forward mm. good and there was a Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's half the battle, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane to see the difference in the girl who won the eighth, uh, eighth grade uh, art thing in town to now designing merch and like eventually creating my own. It's such a full circle kind of thing that I'm excited to see where it keeps going. And I'll, I'll add one thing to that. And it always makes her, like, freak out and kind of clam up. But it's the fact that somebody is walking around displaying her artwork. Whether it's on a water bottle, whether it's on a glass, whether it's on a hoodie or a t-shirt, a tote bag, whatever. It's showcasing her artwork in a way that 8th grade Lila never would have thought was going to be possible. Absolutely not. 
and I feel honored to be able to do that. Yeah, it's reaching eyes that you never thought would see it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's um, surreal is the only word I really have for it is like knowing that people are going to see it and my name is on it and it's just like it gives me like a mental whiplash I guess and the fact that it's international y- yeah <laughs> and, and, here, and, and here's the proof mm-hmm. <laughs> across the pond here he is yeah yeah big fan yeah so Thank you. Uh, we're like worried about running over, but we really need to address yes. the last question. I think before <laughs> before we like wrap this up. Yes. Um, so, uh, well, Ginger, I think you should take this one. Yep. So, question from the wonderful Red the Abnormal: What is your mundane superpower? Can't be something that you can save the world with, like flying or telekinesis, something super mundane. Well, Lila, I'm going to let you start. Yeah. Um, So I have two in mind. The first one that I think I would, like, just absolutely love is to bloom flowers on command. Ooh, interesting. Wow. Or go invisible for, like, 20, 30 seconds. Okay. Like, nothing. What would, what would you do for that 20, 30 seconds, though? It's like, a just, small window. just get out of awkward situations that I don't want to be in. Or, like, if I get catcalled or something, and it's just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just yeah, if uh, I'm in yeah. a conversation I don't like, I can just, like, disappear, go behind them, and walk out. <laughs> Yeah, so like home, the uh, Homer Simpson in the hedge meme made flesh. Yeah. Okay. What would yours Ginger, be? What, what would you want? What would you want? The, I think to be able to just look at someone and them fully understand when I don't want to talk to them. Like like the the, the ability to look at someone and either say, I want to communicate with you, or leave me the hell alone. I mean, if you make the, if you make the right face now, you can do that. It doesn't work. Earlier today, I was standing outside of my uh, boss's apartment, <clears throat> and I was standing there waiting for someone, and a dude walked up to me and wouldn't leave me alone, and I was avoiding on- eye contact doing the whole nine yards, and he then leaned against the wall beside me and kept trying to talk to me for five minutes. And oh I God. finally looked at him and I said, leave. Yeah. And he still like, didn't like get a it. fucking tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I will punch you in the throat. Le- leave. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, part of your superpower can be like a boxing glove. Comes yeah. out your chest, like that scene in Alien. Yes. Straight to the neck. Just... <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done talking to you. Punch. Bye. <laughs> do, 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 do. Walk away. Shut the fuck up. In the movie <laughs> of my life, you're, you're in the ending credits as... Const- 
construction worker number two. Because you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Like, What would yours be, Druid? Uh, okay. So, the first one would be to look at my uh, bizarrely evolved feet and then to grow a thumb on the edge of those feet <laughs> and uh, have monkey feet. And then I could play two video games at once. <laughs> Or so. play against yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have two players and zombies and get more XP. That's called jacking off. Oh, God. No, God damn it. Here, there, there it is. There it is. I want to play against myself for a minute. No, um, <laughs> yeah, N64 Goldeneye. Uh, yeah. Like both the players. I don't know. You know it's yes. Like playing chess in the park against, like, Larry David, I don't know. Um, <laughs> or being able to vacuum with my mouth but not taste anything that goes in. Interesting. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, Luigi's Mansion without the peripherals. Uh-huh. So I'm just... <sighs> I'm like, yeah. So... The, gar- the garbage is sorted. Because I, like, I feel like I'm always picking up trash, be it, you know, friends or beer cans. So you want to pick up the trash with your mouth? Yeah, yeah, just like, but I can't taste it. So All right, fine. Kirby. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then I shit a brick. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've, I've got like the, uh, I've got the biggest like loser down B on Super Smash Brothers Melee. <laughs> in, in, but IRL. God. <laughs> but like I just like I press like I just down B in my soul. I turn in like I've I've like you know I've sucked up an ashtray, and then I press down B in my like brain, and then I turn into a brick, and then nobody talks to me. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's doing that move again. I fucking asshole. <laughs> fucking asshole. I'm on the edge of Hyrule Temple. What the fuck? <laughs> Super Smash Brothers lore. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, so suck up garbage. <laughs> suck up garbage. Human vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> human vacuum cleaner. Oh no, it sounds horrible. Uh, you're the one who wanted that superpower, not me. I want to ch- can I change my superpower, please? <laughs> what would you change it to? Uh, After human vacuum cleaner, <laughs> uh, human dishwasher. <laughs> I'd suck up dirty plates. So I wouldn't be able to taste the food on them, and they'd just come out clean. And then I'd oh god, just... I wouldn't want to use those plates. But where did they go well, in? Where did they come detergent. out? <laughs> so, like. The pH scale in my body is just like amazing, so it's like it smells like lemons when it comes out. And then I press down B in my brain and I turn into a brick. <laughs> and uh, Link is out of the Hyrule Temple on Super Smash Brothers Melee because I'm Kirby in every. I'm basically Kirby in every single version of this story. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, I'm going to edit my whole answer to this out of the. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. 
gonna, I'm gonna edit the whole fucking thing out. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Bloopers. That was so good. <laughs> I still want to know where the plates come out. Uh, well, it's probably best you don't know. <laughs> it's not what you'd expect. We'll put it at that. It comes out my belly button. <laughs> I mean, it's better than other spots. Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll call it umbilical dishes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> from, from, you know, from my mouth to yours. <laughs> <laughs> umbilical dishes from my mouth to yours. Oh my god, I don't think that's uh, quite the response that uh, Red had expected when he asked that question. <laughs> no, but that's Become amazing. the dining fetus in oh. my mind restaurant. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. Well, that being the last um, audience question for you, Lila. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Where can everybody find you? Um, I'm mostly on Twitch at Delilah underscore Rose 8. Um, and I have an Etsy shop at Delilah's Oddities on uh, Etsy. Obviously. <laughs> Wonderful. Is there anywhere, <laughs> if, you, if anyone wants to get artwork commissioned, where can we find you there? Um, the best... The best way for that would probably to send me a message on um, Etsy, just so that I could make a listing there and make it uh, more professional than just a cash app thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Delilah's Oddities on Etsy would probably be the best for uh, commissions if anyone's interested in that. Beautiful. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Lala. Yes, thank, thank you guys well. for having me. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you both. It's been so much fun, and I can't wait to cause more chaos and, chaos and havoc with you uh, Yes. Yeah. as time so, goes on. So, Ginger, shall we announce the next guest on today's podcast? Yes. So, our next guest is going to be the wonderful AdZW. Um good friend of the stream someone that, man. someone i love and appreciate so much and he doesn't get the recognition he deserves so i can't wait to have him on it's going to be a good time and i'm just so excited i'm so hyped <laughs> yeah i i can't wait for that i, I can't, can't wait, wait to, to hear the first episode oh yeah it's coming soon it, it, uh, i think we're hoping monday mm -hmm. yes Ooh. That's the hope. Fingers crossed. Yes. And uh, monkey toes as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drew it in his damn monkey feet. Are you, you going to be able to think about my feet without thinking that I'm like climbing from branches? I try not to think about anybody's feet, but now... Right. Uh, <laughs> now we have... So, so I'm fucking Quentin Tarantino right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, don't worry, that's, that we're gonna edit that. Out. Oh, that's beautiful. So, Lila, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode of Ginger Talks. Druid, thank you as always. Um, 
It has Thank been you guys a- for having me. I'll uh, be here anytime you guys want. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you. Or we will talk to you next time. Bye, we'll lovelies. Bye. Bye. Oh. And there it is. There it is. We've done it. My. Ah.